0: Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right. Welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am very excited to introduce to you a longtime friend, Jonathan Longmire. He decided years ago to make his life's purpose, connecting people with their dreams. Therefore, he became the founder of Optimus Prime Coaching, which he's going to tell us all about. But while growing up with his mother and five siblings, he had dreams of becoming a doctor until he got caught up with the influence of the wrong people. Through a lot of life lessons, he vowed to turn himself into a better person and now make sure to help the other young men of South Los Angeles not to end up suffering from the same kind of mistakes that he made. He is a loving husband and father to three of his own children and four bonus children. He makes a difference in his community through service and has multiple businesses that help people move forward personally, professionally, and financially. It is his joy and passion to educate others on the many opportunities to have a better life. So Jonathan, thank you. You know, I got to tell you, because the audience mostly knows is I usually do this real official introduction. And then I give my unofficial Abigail introduction and you guys, I have known Jonathan for five, six years, 2017, 18. So it's been a hot minute that we have partnered through life, partnered through coaching. Um, we We went through Landmark together, so I'm sure we'll kind of talk a little bit about that as well. But we met each other in a place where we were both starting our journeys of really impacting people in a positive way and building a business to be able to do so. And since then, Jonathan has started multiple businesses to help people. So Jonathan, I just want to thank you for being here. You have been an integral part of the work that I've gotten to do as well. And I want to thank you for that.
1: Man, thank you so much, Abigail, like just for having me on your show and um just giving me the opportunity to be a, a part of your community you know all the listeners and and the people that you got involved so i want to thank you for that and um just how you know also how you introduced me i'm listening i'm like is that me like <laughs> right based upon my story and my past and um it just felt incredible so i i like to definitely thank you for having me here
0: thank you. And so tell us about growing up in South Los Angeles and what that was like and where that took you and then where that brought you.
1: Wow. So it is it is a long story so I I have to give you and your and your listeners the condensed version, right? So um I was raised in South Los Angeles and um grew up in a single family home with no father, just my mom's and my brothers and sisters and you know my whole life, like I was just looking, you know, like kind of figure out why I didn't have a dad, you know, and, um, not having a dad, like kind of led me to getting involved with gangs and getting involved with, you know, all the things that I wasn't supposed to be doing, you know, as a child. And I justified my behaviors growing up because I didn't have a dad, you know, so I just was wilding out, you know, um, I joined some gangs and, before I joined the gangs, I was, I was excelling in school because I had an older cousin named Jake. He had, um, he had got murdered. And, um, uh, before he got murdered, he, he just installed learning the importance of learning. So at the age of eight, between eight and 14, like is when I really made my decisions, you know, the most about my dad and about the gang and about Jake. And between eight and 14 is when like, life kind of like just, I don't know, like I just started to like kind of process everything the way that how, you know, I don't I don't really know how to really explain it, right? But I know that Jake yeah. was my role model. He was taken away. I didn't have a dad. So I just got involved with like any and everything, like kind of lost hope in my dreams. But between eight and 14, I remembered that Jake was like, Education is important. Education is important. So I fell in love with learning. And when I was in school, while I was learning, I got involved with some magnet programs at USC. It was called Corps. It was to become a doctor. And, uh, during that time, like I ended up deciding to get involved with gangs instead of pursuing my dreams of becoming a doctor. So, um, long story short, I just, I, I just, I was on a roller coaster, man. And,
0: Jonathan, I'm going to jump in. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going to jump in with something that you were sharing because I think it was just so brilliant and so important. You talked about this distinct time between about 8 and 14. You were deciding about not having a dad and, um, and your cousin Jake and gangs and then and, and the option of education and being a doctor. What sort of things did you decide about life that you felt sent you in the direction of choosing life with gangs and that that journey before your education? Because, you know, knowing a lot of your story now, you redirected. But what at that time of your adolescence, of your youth, had you choose that path?
1: Oh, that's a brilliant question, Abby. And um, what chose the path with the gangs was that by my cousin being murdered the way that he was murdered, and he was the breadwinner for our family, I felt like I had to replace him. Like I had to I had to make up, you know, to get the money for our family because that was taken away. So mm-hmm. once I start finding out more about him and the things that he did to get his money, I began to become him, like I became Jake. And um, I remember when I got initiated into the gang, it took a long time for me to get my name because my older cousin, he didn't, he didn't want me to be named after him, his big brother. That's who Jake was, my cousin. And I, he wasn't really ready to have a, a little homie, what we say. So, you know, time went on and I ended up creating my own name, me and my cousin, badass, uh, Reginald. And, uh, we were the same age, like my best friend growing up, my brother's sister. And, um, we were looking at the 18. And uh, the the commercial came on, and you know we were from Avalon and, and stuff and uh the eighteen, and then he was like, man, I got it because he loved Mr. T. He's like, I'm 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 Barackus, I'm BA, and, and you smart and you crazy, you Murdoch. He, he, yeah, that's it. So you know, I ended up sticking with Murdoch, and uh, it was like wow. So I didn't have Jake, but all my characteristics, attributes resembled him. To Able to make the family wealthy and rich again, I guess, through illegal means. The other side of it, you know, was that what justified, you know, my actions uh, by not having my father there, you know, really impacted my life, you know, dramatically because I saw, you know, other kids, you know, they spend time with their father and their mom. And, you know, like, I'm like, dang, like, I don't have a dad. So, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I got to go out here and go in the streets because I don't got no dad. I don't got Jake. So I got to make it happen, you know? And, you know, I went out there and in the streets and basically at a, at a young age, I thought that I was making it happen. And uh 14 years old, I, I ran away from home and I went to Seattle, Washington to sell drugs to be like Jake and basically to be my own man because I didn't have a dad, you know?
0: What was the turning point for you? Because how long was that? Portion
1: of your life. So um, the point, you know, for me was when I was sitting in the federal uh, penitentiary, um, I was going to the shoe, which is a a jail inside of a jail, right? Special housing unit. Yep. <laughs> and um, someone had uh, placed some dope inside my locker, like some one of the homies or something stashed it, possibly my cellie. Stash some stuff in my locker, and um, they came and searched the cells, and they found some drugs. And I was inside the jail, in the jail, looking to get a new ad charge. And I'm like, God damn! I'm like, man, I can't win for lose, right? Going back to when I was a kid, all my good grades, how I wanted to be a doctor, how I decided, you know, to join the game versus going to college, you know, how, you know, I just walked away from my dreams and I started chasing to be like someone else and justifying all my actions. So when I was in the hole, I, I had decided to cut my hair, you know, and I said, you know what, like what, 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 what done it, what did it was that. But I started thinking like, when I get out of prison, like, and I go to a career day with my kids or something, because they, they wouldn't be grown yet. And you know, what, how would they introduce me or what would they say? Like, you know, they're going to tell them, oh, my dad, my dad has been to jail. He, He's a bank robber. Like, like, I'm like, damn. So, you know, in my life, I have to show up more powerfully for my children. than my father showed up for me. So I had got reconnected back to education and I just went on the quest of just rebuilding me. Like, all of my blind spots, all my areas of my weaknesses. And I just, I went to work and I came out of the hole and it just was a new me. Like, and people in the yard, they saw it. And um, I just started taking different actions.
0: What an amazing turn of events, because very recently I saw you speaking in front of a whole conference of law enforcement. Can you tell yeah. us about <laughs> that transition? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. Hey, listen. So that right there is just it just proves, you know, that the creator is real, you know, like the universe, like whatever it is that you're looking for is looking for you. I wouldn't have never really just dreamed in a million years that I'll be having a conference with law enforcement and city officials. But I dreamed it, but never just thought that I would actually be doing it. Right. Because my past and it's like, well, what would have opened up that would have placed me there? Right. So. Um, it's a, a sergeant named Sergeant Kenji in the South Park area. And, um, they had, they had a, a, a community, uh, program where his law enforcement team is sent over there to build relationships in, in our district. And he has saw the growth and development in me and seen the consistency in me as far as me, my entrepreneurship and my life insurance businesses, my dog breeding businesses and my coaching businesses. And he invited me to be a part of the South Los Angeles Recast Council. And I end up being accepted. My company ended up being accepted to this board. And we had a meeting that day that you had saw. And I was just sharing about, you know, my life, what I've been through in this park and how, you know, my community and my collaborations will make a difference. And um it was just, it was amazing, man, to be there because I even told them, I said, the only time that I ever been around this much law enforcement was in handcuffs in court. I <laughs> said, you guys was testifying against me, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, it felt good to be in collaborations to make a difference in my neighborhood that uh, once destroyed, you know, now, you know, I'm a part of the solution, you know, so it's phenomenal, man. I I'm, I'm, I was totally grateful for that.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. And one, I just I acknowledge the growth and the transformation because I met you at a growth and transformation time of your life. You You were already on that path of educating yourself and getting the tools you needed to be able to run your businesses and be a coach and make that positive difference. What has becoming a business owner done to you? How has it transformed you in your life?
1: I would say it has made me realize the accountability, like the leadership, like to be more responsible than just for myself to know that, you know, others are not so much just counting on me or relying on me, but, and not depending, but it's like, I I become a part of them you know and what I'm taking on so it's like being present to that like knowing that the space that I created you know is making a difference it's like it kind of it kind of lands a little different where like I don't, I don't got to be a business owner like I get to be a business owner and to do what I love to do you know and man it's phenomenal like I I remember when I took the landmark form, you know, I had a job and I was working uh, for a company that I love so much called Hope of the Valley uh, Rescue Mission. And uh, I was the courtyard supervisor there. And, you know, it's like coming out of the forum, I got an awakening, like an epiphany. And then I went straight into the introduction to the leadership program. And I was like, oh, I got it, I got it. Man, I got to get my own business. I, because, look, I can't, I can't really so much uh, live in somebody else's dreams. And I can collaborate with him, I can join forces, but I can't just work for him. And I resigned. And, you know, my mentor Clyde Terry, he's like, no. And I, I knew he was gonna say that. So I had already resigned before I told him I was gonna resign because I thought it through, right? I said, and I fell, <laughs> I fell hard on my face, right? And um I looked back at that and I looked down, and I said, man, like I'm I'm a success, and I get that you know, like you have to fail before you succeed. Like I get that, you know, failure is the blueprint to success. You know, like I get that in order to move forward, you have to go backwards. And, you know, like um that was like five, six, seven years ago. And uh, I'm grateful that I'm still here. And I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, my businesses are contributing, you know, to society and that people are, you know, benefiting from the services that I offer. So, Man, how do I feel? Like, I feel incredible and it is phenomenal to be in this space, you know? And to have you as a a friend, you know, it's it's dope, you know?
0: Yeah. And what would you say throughout the different seasons of your life that you've had to give up? What, What parts of you, what ways of being and behaviors and beliefs have you had to give up in order to create the life that you now have?
1: Man, so, you know, growing up, I had a belief system that a wrong thing done for a right reason is right. And, you know, I justified it based on my life. They killed my cousin, you know, they took him. I ain't had no daddy, so, you know, I don't have no help, no support. So, you know, like, I got to get it how I live. And um, realizing, like, that's wrong, like, you know, and then looking at, you know, our system, the judicial system, and. You know, like not to be a victim of race or whatnot, but I am, you know, black and, you know, I had that stigma and that racism and all been through all of that, you know, stuff with the police and everything. So, you know, I, I had a million reasons to justify, you know, my behaviors, but what turned it around, you know, is me having to be accountable for who I am, regardless of what, you know, happened with my dad not being there or my cousin being killed or the way that the law enforcement is like, I know the difference between right and wrong and I have to stand on what's right. And, you know, it's only a right thing done for a right reason. is right now. And that's just right. You know, in spite of someone else is doing wrong, like I can't be tit for tat. Like I have to be and be the example.
0: Totally. I hear you. And we have I just want to speak into what you shared for the audience too, for all of us, because we can find plenty of reasons to justify our behaviors, right? And the, where we come from, the way things happened, what we experienced, what we've gone through, what we've put up with then teaches us a lot of like on the subconscious level. I, I, I want to go back to what you shared about how it all started too, is like you knew to survive, you knew to provide, and you did what you had the exposure to in order to survive. And we all do that. What no matter what environment we grew up in, we often use what we've observed and what we've learned and what we've been told or conditioned to believe that is right, that might be wrong in other scenarios or might not be um, have any integrity, but but also is it going to help us survive? And so I think we all do that. And I think it's a really important point that you make that we get the chance to reconsider we get the chance to like take a look and take responsibility and decide like what's right. And I, I love that you shared about your, your children, like how do, what's the legacy I want to leave? What's, what memory do I want to create in my lifetime, even like at a career day or the impact on my children, the impact on my community, on my life. I love that you're now rebuilding the city that you, you know, as you said, destroyed or parts of it that you've destroyed, that you're now rebuilding it. And contributing it to it. And so what does it look like in the way that you're contributing to this next generation of young men? What does that look like in, in your day-to-day life or in your career?
1: You know, leaving people with the opportunity, you know, to uh, know that they're perfect, that the way that they are, like for one, like um, you can't fix them, but to just get them present to, you know, what's possible that if they had that present in their life it will make a difference and leading them to that you know what i'm saying like being a, a guide and a support you know for that to come to fruition and you know like just connecting them you know because even you know when when people discover what it is that they want sometimes they don't have a structure or some type of roadmap or some type of plan to get there so you know just kind of be a support that you know I guess I didn't have, that's why I'm like that. Like, you know, I show so much love and so, so much support because it's what I lacked in my life growing up. So I just be that for others. And that's basically, you know, what it is. And, you know, by me going through different things in life and different experiences and I'm, I'm working on myself and having breakthroughs. I'm not selfish. So I share my discoveries and I share my connections and I'm I'm willing to collaborate and build with people. And, you know, like, it's like, we have to help each other, you know, like everything in the world is about teamwork. Like even how we got here, you know, as beings, like it took two people, you know, mom and dad, you know, and then they say it takes a village to raise one child, you know, so that just shows that we all have to collaborate and, you know, like, I just, I'm just grateful to have my contributions to it all.
0: Yeah. Well, and so tell us about your contributions. You have a few different businesses and services. And um, I would imagine that if people are listening in and they really resonate with you, that potentially they might be interested in reaching out to you to get to work with you in different capacities. So tell us the different services that you offer.
1: Oh, so my love, my baby is um, the Optimist Prime Coaching. It comes from my book. Passing grade. I'm a co author. That book has a model built in it called the Builder Up Superstructure Model. And this model is a transformational model that's based on two principles structural defects and structural integrity. And the model basically walks a person from their lowest points in their life to helping them get to their highest points in their life, creating a plan of action with it. And then on top of it, being able to be a support for others that's in the same mess that they just got complete on. That right there is like my ultimate joy just to be able to offer that and to give that as a tool, you know, for people to get clear on some of the things that's stopping them in their life. And it's totally created from my life story and my past experiences. Um, That's that's my first, you know, contribution basically is the bus model from the passing grade uh self-help book. Um, co-authors, um, John, author Jonathan Longmire and then uh, Thomas R. Kennedy were the two authors on it. I met Mr. Kennedy while I was in prison. Uh, he was like a father figure to me. One of the individuals when I came out of the hole that mentored and coached me and, you know, kind of led me in a direction where I am now, him and Mr. Bush. That's how I kind of took on the coaching role is Mr. Bush was a life life coach and a time and life management coach. And I started off as a scribe. At first, I was a student. Then I became a scribe. And from a scribe, I started teaching my own classes. And then I started writing curriculums. And then me and Mr. Kennedy wrote the passing grade. And uh, we developed that model, you know, from a dream that I had. The bus is developed from a dream that I had. So um. My other services that I have is um, I volunteer with an organization called Safe Humanity, and it's a cleanup, uh, a passion project crew with a, a, a friend that I met in the Introductions to the Leadership Program at Landmark, and we, we're just basically uh, picking up trash in our neighborhood and using this organization as a, a support system to meet neighbors and to see where people are at, just checking in and you know, to, to do something constructive and productive in the environment too. So we just picking up trash and fellowshipping and then afterwards we'll have a bite of eat and have a discussion and everyone just collaborate and use each other's resources. And uh, that's basically the services that I have. And um I have I have an insurance uh business with my wife. We're regional leaders with a company called Primerica. Um, most you guys might be familiar with Primerica. So we offer life insurance, car insurance, house insurance, mutual funds. Um, we also looking for partnerships as well, like to be able to bring people on and train and develop them where they can have their own insurance company as well. Um, we're also, uh, tax providers, like we do income taxes for personal, um, uh, for businesses. We, uh, fix credit restoration. Uh, we have a mobile notary services. The name of that business is called Longmire's Professional Services. And then, um, yeah, that's that's basically all the, the services that I offer to the community. And, you know, people can come on board and become partners with me as well and create additional sources of income with all the different streams that I have. So we can make it work.
0: <laughs> I was going to teach you, that's all you got? That's all? <laughs> that is amazing.
1: I breed dogs, too. I forgot. Um, I breed French bulldogs mm-hmm. and English bulldogs. And uh, I came course so the protection dogs as well. So that that business is Optimus Prime English and Frenchy Bulldogs on Instagram is Optimus underscore underscore prime bulls. If you want to follow me.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, we will be sure to have all of the links and the show notes so that people can follow you, connect with you, reach out for Um, to, if they need those services and, and I love, um, I just want to point out that I appreciate, uh, what I'm present to you. Didn't say it explicitly, but like, you're not a gatekeeper. You're like, I have this information and knowledge and wisdom, and I'm excited and happy and willing to share it and train and mentor. And so that people can really create a business for themselves too. And I think that that's really special because it's not, I mean, um, one, and people relate to your story and what you share, and really connect with who you are, and then really trust that they they're, you're someone that they can work with and be guided by. I think that's very special to be able to do an
1: offer. Thank you, I appreciate that. And um, you know, there there was a learning process, you know, that I've went through too, as far as my business. Like, um, so you know, sometimes like when you have a lot of things and you grow, you know, like it can be misconstrued, you know, like where I have so much, like, as far as an abundance, you know, of resources and things. And, you know, I like kind of connect the dots and sometimes it land off as like the help that I'm giving is some people that took it the wrong way. Like I'm looking down at them. And that came from the media family and, and close friends, you know, to where it's like, well, you know, like I stand to where not, you know, you don't want to come off offensive. You know, like when the help is given, it's like, The person that's extending it can't really look at it and say, oh, I helped you. It's like for the receiver to say, oh, Jonathan, help me with what he what he supported me with. So I had to learn to see that, you know, I can just invite you, you know, to the things that I have to offer. And if, you know, any of the services that I have and if it make a connection, then we can connect the dots. And then, you know, I will support you in fulfilling on you being wholly complete, whatever it is that I have that you connect to. So, you know, like I definitely don't want to never give off that. Big me, little you, you know, think. And, um, I felt real bad. You know what I'm saying? That I landed that way. So, you know, I, I, I just look at, you know, when I'm engaging with people, like to kind of make sure that I'm giving them the freedom and the choice to make their own, you know what I'm saying, decisions. And it's not like, I'm doing this, you got to do this. Or, you know, like, well, I'm, I'm successful in this, you need to do that. Like, well, maybe you don't want to do that. Or maybe you don't have a connection to that. So I let, I allow people to be free to be and free to, free to do what they want to do, you know. <laughs> Amen.
0: That is absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. And and it's a major part of coaching too, is I, here's what I have to offer, take it or leave it. You know, it's, I, I totally, the door is open, the, the offer is available and the, the person must choose it at, at every given point in their life and in their journey. And so if it's forced upon it, there's usually going to be resentment involved. And so I think that's a very valuable lesson when when people are choosing to get the support that they need, that they must be the ones to ask and not wait for it to be offered to them. I, I think that's a very valuable lesson for people as they begin to choose their their best life. That's true. And as we start to wrap up, I would love to ask if you have any parting words for our listeners. We are Hearts Unleashed. We we listen to others who are living their heart unleashed in order to gain that inspiration and guidance to do the same. What, what parting words would you love to leave our listeners with today?
1: First and foremost, I would just like to just Thank, you know, you and your listeners again for having me here with you guys and to be able to express, you know, a part of my life. What I'd just like to leave, you know, the parting words, I'll just say, you know, peace and blessings to you all. And, you know what I'm saying, to know that it's only a community, you know, when we have unity to love and support each other in spite of. That's what I would leave with the listeners and you guys have a great day.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for being here. I want to acknowledge the journey. I want to acknowledge the evolution and the way that you continue to share your wealth of knowledge. And listeners, I want to thank you for being here. I hope you heard exactly what you needed today. If you want to connect with Jonathan, be sure to do that. You will have all the links in the show notes. And uh, thank you for tuning into the Hearts on Edge podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you.